Welcome to another episode. My name's Jose Naharo, and today we're going to take a look at Fizz. This is National Beverage Corporation. We're going to take a look at quarter one earnings for 2020. Like always, I have my buddies Bull Solo and Darth Bear ready to keep track to see how the company is doing. So let's get started. Before we begin, I just want to let you guys know where I got all the information. So the information was taken from Fizz Investor's website. And there I took a look at the 10Q report and the 10K report. So the annual and quarterly report. I also used the website Seeking Alpha to look at any other information that I might have missed from the 10Q or 10K report. So right off the bat, Fizz is a pretty, pretty um, small company compared to all the other companies I have taken a look at. So right off the bat, I just want to start off with who is Fizz. So Fizz is a beverage company. They do beverage gears to the active and health conscious consumers through their Power Plus brands. They also have sparkling waters, energy drinks, and juices. They right here, I took an image of some of their of their product lines. They also produce and distribute carbonated soft drinks, including Shasta and Fago. And their primary market focuses in the United States and Canada. Right here we can see they do have a lot of carbonated soft drinks. They also have a lot of 100% juices, energy drinks, and shots, and sparkling water products as well as some other power brand items. And we can see some of them here. All right, so the first main thing we're going to take a look at is revenue. We're going to take a look at their most recent earnings, which was quarter one. Earnings per share of $0.74, cents, which missed by one penny. Then they had revenue of $263 million, which is down about 10% year to year. And it was a miss by 10, about $10 million. So because of the miss in both earnings per share and revenue surprise, I'm going to start off the first point to Darth Bear. Next, we're going to take a look at comparable sales. So like I mentioned in the previous slide, they did see a net sales decrease of about 10%. What did this net sale decrease of 10% mean? It means that they lost about $30 million year to year compared to the same quarter last year, and they lost a net income of $14 million. So here I took this from their 10, I think this was from their from their investor slideshow, and here we can see July 28, 2018 compared to July 27, 2019. And we can see we have lower net sales, lower net income, lower earnings per share. So one thing to note is that their net sales went down by 9.9%, but the decrease in sales resulted primarily from a 10.6% decrease in case volume. So what does that mean? That means that they actually sold about 10.6% less items than they did a same year ago. And the reasons that net sales and, and volume sales does not match is that they usually have as the years go on they have higher higher selling price and here we can they can tell you offset in part by higher average selling price so even though they sold 10.6 percent less drinks net sales only went down by 9.9 percent but that's because they did increase the volume of their drinks the volume decrease includes a 16.2 percent decline of their power brand products and it was partially offset by 3.6% growth in carbonated soft drinks. So that's a huge number. You definitely do not want to see a, a number like that when you're talking about decline in, in, in sales. 16.2% from year to year is a huge, it's a huge decline to see, um, especially in one product alone. 
that the reduction in Power Plus brands volumes was due to the increased competition within the sparkling water category, which I'm pretty sure Pepsi or like Coca-Cola, one of those big brands has just entered. And we can see they are definitely taking taking a toll with that decrease of 16.2%. And like we did mention, average selling price per case increased about by 1% due to a previous price increase as a result of increase in aluminum costs. All right. So here we're going to have to give another point to Darth Bear, and the reason is simple, right? This company has a decline in net sales compared to the same time last year. They have a net income decrease. They have almost a 10% down in net sales. They are selling less cases. They sold about 10.6% less volume. Their power brand was down 16.2%, and they are seeing a huge competition increase in the sparkling water system. So another point for Darth Bear. Some things to note, right? The cost of sales per case increased about 2.1% this quarter. And that means that they're, right? The cost of sales means that either some of the materials they are using has increased. And as a result, gross margin declined to 36.6% from 39.5% same time last year. So going down almost 300 basis points. It's, it's not a good thing either. That's something um, that investors should keep keep an eye out. This The next thing is more of a personal, a personal opinion. I'm not a fan of their 10Q report. So there's many reasons why I'm not a fan of their 10Q report. The first reason is I know this is a smaller company, but I feel like their 10Q report was done by someone that just came out of school. It's pretty limited amount of data. They referenced the 10K report numerous times. So the 10K report is the annual report and the 10K report is the quarter report. So they do reference the 10K report. So I had to look back and forth when, when doing this. And most big companies actually put the information that they posted in their 10K report into the 10Q report so one doesn't have to do that. So that's something I'm not, not a fan on. And yeah, very limited on, on, the, on the data they provide. For example, they did not have a breakdown of how much each brand has on revenue um, and that's something that most companies do if they have different brands and different products they live they tell you how much of that portion is based on revenue even though they don't have to i think just that openness and that transparency helps investors feel more confident for the company right so i know carbonated um power brands power brands decreased by 16.2 but I also know carbonated soft drinks increased by 3.6%. But I mean, how, I need to know what's that actual value of how much these power brands. And it's something I didn't see in their 10Q report or the 10K report, which is, which is pretty unheard of. Another thing I don't like about them is in their public slide, they show quarter to quarter results. They showed quarter one to quarter four of, of, la of last year, opposed to year to year. And I'm pretty sure they did this because if we looked at their quarter to quarter results, they had better results shown opposed to looking at year to year where they have a huge decline. And again, this is this transparency is more of a leadership type thing. And I when I invest in a company, I definitely like to I, I, I and leadership is one of the important things when I look at it. Right. Because I feel if you have a strong leadership, you definitely can have a strong company and they can tend turn things around if things look south, if things look bad. But when I feel like this leadership is trying to just play, make themselves look better, 
and that's something I'm, I'm not not a huge fan of. so initial impressions of the companies based on their 10q report and their investor slides were are, are not good for for me but i still have an open mind and let's see let's see what's going on so next we're going to take a look at their shareholder return i know a lot of people talk that this company has a massive buyback and it also has a, a nice dividend so the company did pay a special cash dividend on common stocks for two dollars and ninety cents per share on january 29 2019 that's actually a pretty a pretty healthy dividend um if if i may say so and the, the last time they paid a dividend was in august 4th 2017 and before that was january 27 2017. so here if we take a look at my at my quick chart charts the one with the purple is dividends and we can see dividends are pretty pretty spread out over time these are based on quarters and you can see they're spread out over time that so this means that this company does not pay a constant dividend it's just a dividend when it when it has plenty of cash flow to do that and that's i don't think that's a healthy shareholder return um so it's just something to note right it does have a nice healthy dividend when it pays dividends but it's not a constant thing we can see like they said the, the last one was january 29 2019 they haven't announced anything anything at the moment and the one before that was in uh, the last one was august 4 2017 so almost two years apart another thing i hear a lot of people talking is that this company has a strong buyback program and they do mention this on their 10k report they say that the company's authorized under stock store under stock buyback program to repurchase 1.6 million shares of common stock as of april 27 2019 five about 500,000 shares were purchased under the program and there's still about 1 million shares left to buy back but let they also say this no shares of common stocks have been repurchased during the last three physical years so even though they have a buyback program they have not bought a share in the past three years so why do they have this this buyback program i think it's just another quick way to tell for investors are just doing a quick read to see that hey this company is doing some form of shareholder return but it's been over three years that this company has bought back any form of shares and we can see here in my orange in my orange um right here you can see in my orange chart that this actually company has actually been doing has been issuing more shares in the past few quarters and most likely these are shares through through um leadership selling or leadership compensation employee compensations of that sort because here we can see right there is a, a nice amount of issuance on equity share so for that reason right another point for darth bear i mean this company if if you take a look at it from from a far point of view you might think this company has strong shareholder return but if you take a look at it very detailed quarter quarter we can see it's not as strong as it turns out as as it seems to be so the next thing we're going to take a look at is the companies that this company is able to take out a hundred million dollars in loans with this credit facility they call it the credit facility loan so this company is approved up to a hundred million dollars at the moment at july 27 2019 this company has only borrowed 3.2 million dollars of that 100 million dollars and that's the company's total debt outside of, of current liabilities and rental leases for real estate and equipment and that's actually a pretty good 
thing to see, right? This company does not have any long-term debt outside of leases and equipment. And for that reason, I'm going to have to give a point to Bull Solo. Next, we're going to take a look at Outlook based on analysis. Uh, so here we can see that for this year of April 2020, this company is expected to have an earnings per share of $2.48. For April 2021, next year, this company is expected to have $2.52. So there is small growth going on in this company, but it's pretty small. If we take a look at revenue estimates for this year, this company is expected to make $958 million compared to $968 million the next year. So again, we see this growth. So we see an increase in both earnings per share and revenue. And for that reason, I'm also going to have to give another point to Bull Solo. So even though Darth Bear came off the bat, giving, get, giving us some first points at the first few slides, we can see that Bull Solo is still here and, and getting some points. One thing though, this company has a PE ratio of 17.2%. If we take a look at April 2021 earnings per share, and to me, that's actually a pretty high, um, pretty high earnings per share for forward PE based on such a small growth for the company, right? This company is only going to grow four cents earnings per share in the year, and it's only going to get an extra $10 million of revenue growth. That's what's expected. And for the company to have such a high forward PE ratio, I know investors here, they're telling me that this is telling me for a company to have this high of a forward PE ratio is telling me that one thing, since there is no growth in this company and it's a small company, it tells me that investors are anticipating or are paying the extra extra forward PE ratio to that there might be a buyback for this company. And we can see it here, right there. They, they are anticipating some form of buyback or some form of of crazy news that will allow them to to pay the 17.2 PE forward PE ratio. So what would I value it at? At the moment, I definitely do not have all the information where I would like to put a value at. I do have I do I did like one thing. I did like that this company has no heavy long-term debt, but like I mentioned, I was not a fan of how the leadership is running is running the shows for the company, right? It seems it seems pretty sketchy the how they run their 10Q report, their 10K report, and how they show off their their investor slides. So right now, um, I do have a little bitter taste in my mouth for this, but we will have to check next episode. And next episode, I will take a look at their financial numbers and take a very uh, a heavy look at uh, the revenue, their total assets, their cash flow, and all the information compared to past quarters. And that will help me determine a better number of what I would value this company. So I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Let me know what you guys think. See you tomorrow when I post this video. Take care. Have a good night.